0: with Matt Kolsky and Derek Madden. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday. Well, not actually Friday. I am, but it's going to be Friday soon. And it's story department time. I'm Derek Madden. He's Matt Kolsky. Uh, we're doing this one a little bit early
1: uh, our time because we're getting the
0: hell out. Are, we are, you, are you ready for vacation then?
1: no. No. I'm not ready. You see, my whole life right now is a vacation, and in fact, this vacation is going to be something like work.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that seems that seems only right and fair then.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm going on I a big ass vacation. Yeah, you are.
0: I'm leaving the country, so uh, we're going to take a break for a couple of weeks. Two of them, in fact. Yeah. Um. So, uh, life homework this week. We're not going anywhere, but uh, we will. Uh, we'll be gone for a little bit. Um, and unfortunately, that means we're going to miss the finale of the Challenge All-Stars, which got underway this week. Um, you know, last week, I think we were fairly critical, yeah. I would say rightly critical, of the, the way they split up this episode. And while well, I thought, you know, look, it's a finale. It was a great episode. I do feel justified in that. Uh, with the kind of half-ass way we sort of got into the finale this week,
1: yeah, um, I don't understand why they couldn't have just had everything leading up to the start of the finale in the previous episode, and just done this episode as a finale episode, and then we would have been able to talk about it before we went on vacation. Screw you, challenge. Yeah, it was it was
0: a totally just just an artificial uh, editing move that just st- st- stunk, and in hindsight, stunk even more. Um, that said, uh, I feel like you were really uh, one for two on the uh, <laughs> on the predictions coming into this. Uh, you definitely nailed uh, no women's elimination because Veronica had already been sent home. Yeah, uh, w- well done, and and some extra TJ chicanery
1: there. That was fun. There. Um,
0: but I don't think you had uh, Derek getting his ass whooped in the pole wrestle.
1: No, no, I did not have Derek getting his ass whooped. Even if I, – I don't know that I actually predicted a winner. Um, I probably would have predicted Derek, but I certainly thought it was close. Uh, I definitely did not have him getting his ass kicked. But, look, I mean, I think that's what happens when you're in your mid to late 40s and a much younger, larger man uh, starts wrestling with you. I, I don't think it goes well most of the time. And, it, I, like, look, Derek – Derek hung in there like you expect him to, but Nehemiah was clearly too big, too strong.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think this was an episode where, uh, you know, some of these challenges were were feeling their age and or size a little bit. Like, you know, uh, Mark talked about, you know, kind of being a Mack truck. Yep. Um, And that's not always what you want to be. Yeah, it's not always what you want to be in a final, you know?
1: No, I. In um, fact, more often than not, I think in the final, it's exactly what you don't want to be. You want to be light on your feet, not not a Mack truck. The opposite. You want to be a Tesla or something. Um, and I, I anticipate that him that, that that will not work out well for Mark uh, in terms of how this final finishes. I, I, I. Before we get to that, though, can we just so we just. Now look, they're all they're legitimate all stars. Everyone in there is a badass. But Nehemiah was the right choice for Derek, right? <laughs> uh,
0: Okay. Well, I I have to go back a little bit.
1: Yeah. So Mark
0: Mark was the guy in the authority. There. So Mark was the guy that was, was off the board, and the that's choice.
1: his best buddy. So it's between Brad and Wes and Nehemiah, and like. I don't think he chose wrong. Like he was going to lose to any of them probably, but if I had to pole wrestle one of those three, it's Nehemiah every time. So I, I'm just a little. I mean, I guess I, I'm expecting too much because anytime someone calls you out and specifically declares you the weakest possible competitor, you're gonna, you're gonna get your backup. But
0: yeah, and I think it's you know what I mean. Like it's you know it's Steph Curry. You know, going. What are they going to say about me now? You know what I mean. Like, you take what you can as fuel and use it. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah, except Nehemiah. Nehemiah's okay, uh, is a little more not, Seth. Try to compare
0: those two athletes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what I mean.
1: So what I'm are they gonna going to say to now? One? I I think they'll yeah, start by saying either. you haven't won anything in fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. I
0: by the way, I think you could make an argument that you'd rather
1: see Wes in the pole wrestle, but I,
0: it's not a strong argument, so I'm not gonna not gonna do it.
1: Yeah, I mean um, maybe Wes wouldn't have wanted it quite as bad, but he's certainly bigger and stronger than Nehemiah.
0: Yeah. Well <laughs> I was Wes was definitely my MVP of this episode. Oh my like, god.
1: Spectacular. The
0: thought fuck- The thought that he's putting into this (laughs) file And like The loaf of bread And the Gatorade
1: in his underwear (laughs) Amazing He's carbo-loading, baby Peak (laughs) Wes Tremendous stuff Um, And you know, like I, I don't think Wes is some Mensa member, but He really is a lot smarter than most of the people there Like a lot smarter And he definitely puts it to work
0: yeah, he does well, and he just seems um, really the best positioned in this final right now. Doesn't mean he's going to win, yeah. But it, it, it feels like it's really playing a lot of his skill set. He's crushing every puzzle opportunity. Yeah. You know, his endurance shape is tremendous. Yep. Um, you know, we've had a little bit of water. Sounds like maybe there's going to be some more.
1: Yep. And he's great in the
0: water. So, um, yeah, like at this point, if you were asking me who I think is going to win, I'd put my money on Wes.
1: Yep, I would as well. He's he's the clear favorite right now, I think. And I I have to say, I also did very much enjoy him opening the like first run of the final with we got like a Wes voiceover that was like, I'm going to be the most supportive partner ever. I need these women to run with me and yada, yada, yada. And within seconds, he's 30 feet ahead of his partner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and makes some wise cracks. Yep.
1: Yep. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. He's really in his yeah. element right now. And I mean, that's one of the fun things about All-Stars, right? Is like th- and and this is going to be one of the fascinating things about The Challenge USA on CBS is part of what is making this so special right now is the relationships we have as viewers with these television characters.
0: Yeah, well I and I'm you know, I've expressed this to you, but I'm very nervous about yeah. coming into this show with a show where I know no one. Um you know, I don't watch any of these CBS reality shows that are feeding into this. So, you know, obviously they've they've at times had great masses of new people come into a challenge before. Uh and some of those turned out to be good seasons. So like you can get to know people over the course of the season and and
1: enjoy yourself. But, yeah, but oh, totally. No, I have
0: some concerns.
1: Yeah. And knowing nobody is going to be a new experience. You know, total fresh faces is a new experience. I, 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 you know, I will say, I think we'll find out pretty quickly whether, like within an episode or so, whether the Challenge USA is more a way of introducing the challenge to the CBS audience or introducing the CBS reality characters to the challenge audience if you catch what I'm saying
0: yeah I mean you know it seems like you know and you can sort of tell from the name the challenge USA right like they have plans that are sort of bigger in terms of this game I think they explicitly have they, said
1: they have plans yeah yeah there,
0: there's like they're gonna be a worldwide tournament so like you know I think I think they're trying to scale up the game if that makes sense and my fear is that, you, in some way, they'd be leaving the challengers behind, um, because I do, you know. I mean, I think the players are a big part of the appeal of said game, you know. Um, and, and the season, you know, we've seen seasons where they didn't have a great cast, and they're they're not great season. You know what I mean? Like yep. the game in and of itself is is good, but the people that are playing matter.
1: You know, they do. But I think to your point, like. That that doesn't mean they have to be the same people, right? Because plenty of new Correct. people have come in that we like very much. So it's going to be an interesting experiment, no doubt.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything else uh, you enjoyed from uh, from this finale? I'm looking forward to uh, the the scenes. The scenes on part two made the the next finale like the overnight stay, the, the eating. eating eating challenge. Yeah, like some classic staples that I feel like maybe i'm wrong but i feel like they've been missing from some of the all-star finales if that makes sense
1: yeah i don't know if they've done an overnight or an eating challenge in an all-stars finale yet i can't remember last season um but i think they have not done the overnight uh so that part should be interesting I, i again i think all of that stuff plays in wes's favor just as the most experienced he, he's sort of the perfect marriage in this group of a tremendous amount of experience and ability with like enough youth to still get after it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to me if you compare him to Mark, mm-hmm. you know, who, who in theory has as much experience, you know, certainly has been doing these shows longer and is, you know, right. A big part of the behind the scenes aspect of, of, of the challenge all stars in particular Like, I don't know, I just feel like Wes is using his experience to much greater effect. Well, and in some ways,
1: this game is more like the new, the flagship in recent years, which is sort of the one place Mark's experience is lacking, right? Yeah. Like, Mark did a ton of challenges a long time ago, and then he got the All-Stars thing going, but there's a gap in between. And he and, and Wes was doing the flagship that whole time. So, you know, given that this version of All Stars has turned into something closer to the flagship, I think that plays in Wes's favor dramatically. And look, we're probably doing a disservice to Brad here, who steps on his own dick a lot, but he's a pretty tough competitor. Having a good season. Having a good he season. He is. He is, and, like, he's probably that guy that's just not quite good enough at anything to win the final, but, like, I'm I'm loving Brad, right? Like, mature Brad is a fun character for me because he's, again, he's still, like, he recognizes his weaknesses, and he's just a bit of, he's a bit of a doofus, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's got a great heart, and he's and he's working his tail off, so credit to him.
0: Um, last season that, uh, Mark competed on was Battle of the Exes.
1: Yeah, man. That was like 15 years ago.
0: <laughs> the
1: 22nd season. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So that was pretty much exactly 15 ago. ago. Pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> what
0: about, uh, what about the women? First of all, before we get to the women's final, shout out to Naya's mean mug when, uh, when she,
1: when she went. When
0: Kayla is trying to apologize after, Yeah after. <laughs> They're just amazing
1: My favorite part of the episode I think Was when Kayla said Whoa geez, like what can I do I value our friendship And Naya said I met you three weeks ago We are not friends
0: <laughs> I <It was so laughs> <great. laughs> uh, love that um, I feel like the, the women's side Feels pretty damn up
1: for grabs you know? yeah yeah um, i don't think there's a significant physical edge you know i don't think anyone i mean kayla is probably your top choice after watching naya run um is yeah. probably your top choice physically because yeah. boy for someone who looks fit naya runs like a spaz um but
0: wouldn't she say something
1: about like
0: big for a reason or something or I'm not she wanted to say I'm not big for uh show or I don't know. She there was some phrase she had about like I'm not just a big girl like I can I'm out there doing it. And then you watch a run with that knee brace and like Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't
1: know man. It's a tough look man. It's a tough look. But I I don't think Kayla is so fit. you know, it's not like she's Jenny or or someone like that where just like the physical edge is going to make it a dramatic victory. So, you know, these puzzles and checkpoints are major equalizers. I I, I do think – I think it's pretty totally up for grabs.
0: Yeah, I think that,
1: like, the little five-point face-offs,
0: too, are a really nice wrinkle in terms of being able to make up some ground. I got to say,
1: fortunes. from a design standpoint, um, the whole, like, race to a checkpoint – Compete at the checkpoint Points for each thing I really like the way this is set up In terms of It's not It, it, it keeps comebacks within reach For as long as possible
0: Yeah I also like you know, This is I don't think The first time they've done this right But that you know They're they're doing things in pairs But the pairs keep changing um,
1: Yeah I think they did think have that for, really for last year's final
0: Yeah Yeah We've seen that before But uh, But yeah Nice Final design uh, this time around, and I think it's gonna. It sets up for a really good final episode on a season that hasn't always been, <laughs> been really good. Although clearly the best season of All Stars so far. So yeah, I, I think yeah. Right yeah.
1: Yeah, I think really great in terms of like the 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 path that All Stars has cut for itself. I think it's coming into its own, and that's a good thing because. You know, to your point We love the show the most When our favorite characters are on it And I think This becomes a place Where our favorite characters Can continue to live the challenge For a long time
0: Yeah Yeah I, I think that's exactly right And um, You know Paramount Plus needs the content so. <laughs> Damn right <laughs> Let's keep it going <laughs> Although we like the
1: offer You know, shout out the offer
0: Yeah, did you finish the offer by the way?
1: Not yet. I've been finishing all the other things we've started.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, I've kind of been. I've had some time to sort of go back and and get to stuff now. Uh, oh, you know, maybe this is a good good, good time to. Uh, and I would say spoiler alert if you were not caught up on the old man. Ah. Uh, but me a couple from last week. <laughs> yeah. Cofty <laughs> uh, quite correctly sniffed out that uh, Aaliyah Shawcat was in fact Jeff Bridges' daughter, and I said. That doesn't sound like her at all And then There's a phone call Like five minutes Into the new episode And I'm like Oh wait That totally sounds like her And then five seconds later Her face is on the screen So um, Yeah So good job by you Bad job by me On that
1: one Uh, Yeah not bad Uh, I would say In addition to Watching that episode I also did Finish the bear Um, And not that we didn't say this last week when I'd only watched three or four of them, but just a really excellent show that I think people should watch. Just really unique and and enjoyable. I agree.
0: Uh, I finished it as well. Uh, it goes quickly. <laughs> uh, it's getting some really great buzz. Yeah. Um, I think it got renewed for season two. I know the old man just got renewed. So, um, so yeah. So I'm, I, I would I recommend that highly to people, particularly if you know anyone who's worked in. Uh, You know the restaurant industry Yes Uh. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah it really gets Chicago And it really gets like a greasy spoon Restaurant um, At a very high level so really good stuff And just uh, I think we got to give a a Round of applause to the FX Hulu collab right now it's it's really thriving
0: Yeah They're having a a very good year I would say Um, uh, You know maybe at some point we circle back And talk about Atlanta Um, Yeah which uh, I think maybe had a had a rougher season than some, but you know, rougher Atlanta is still pretty pretty good,
1: still very good um, and and i'm I'm hoping here's my hope. you know, we've got this other season of Atlanta floating out there in the ether. Lord knows when we'll see it. But I really hope it involves the characters from Atlanta, the television show more than this past season did. Yeah, <laughs> like I, yeah. I like a vignette episode here or there, but like more than half the season as vignettes without the main characters who I so love was tough. Yeah, I agree.
0: I didn't always love what the you know I, I didn't always love what the show had to say. And, yeah, uh, this season. Yeah. So and what uh, what well, well, your plea is for uh, characters from the show Atlanta to appear in the television show Atlanta. Uh, I would also like to make the plea from the television show Atlanta to return to the city of
1: Atlanta. Yep, yep, yep. All that would uh, be good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. So, um, all right, let's talk about some shows we watched this week. Um, I think I'm most curious for your take on Loot.
1: Um, oh, interesting.
0: Just because uh, you know it's a lot of the same production bones from. Uh, you know, the the Amazon show that you did not like
1: Uh-huh uh, And I'm curious as to where you landed on this one Well, I am happy to report that I think mostly I didn't like that show Because Fred Armisen was on the screen all the time And <laughs> I found this show to be absolutely delightful And I think the the center of the show, obviously, is Maya Rudolph But, but what makes it so wonderful is How well I think she has managed to capture this very kind of specific character, which is a totally out of touch rich person who actually is not a bad person and has, you know, suffered through a, a sort of trauma that makes her want to be a better person. And and like, there's just some notes that Maya Rudolph hits where, you know, she's, she's like confused by... by very easy normal things in the world but you could but you could tell that like, like she's trying to understand and she wants to be decent but she's lived this decadent lifestyle for so long she just doesn't totally get it and just she's playing it both very like emotionally resonant and also very very funny as you would expect from Maya Rudolph. I just think she is awesome in this. I laughed a ton and I'm excited for more. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of good place vibes uh yes. from this show. Yes. Extreme um, good place vibes. Except they were yeah. like we don't even have to go into like the the world of of magic and heaven. We'll just do ridiculous stuff on earth with billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Which They could do. Uh you know, first my love in the good place. Um and you know, I think doing a great job at the center of this, but I'm also really sort of compelled uh, by her relationships with the people uh, that she's working with here. yeah. Uh, and you can tell that those are going to to deepen as they get to know and understand this person uh, you know better over the next few episodes. so
1: and um, and the, the, sort of like the Melissa McCarthy show that we talked about, like a lot of these people I haven't. Uh, totally seen before. I mean, obviously, I know Ron Funches, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me, though. Yeah, a- and everyone's really good, and Ron Funches is so damn funny, man. I that guy, and this is about as big a role as I've seen him have in a in like a yeah, mainstream too. TV show. Me too. Uh,
0: uh, he's one of those guys that I feel like, I yeah, it's 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 time. Get, go, go, Ron Funches, get it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- you know, I'm happy to know that you uh, that you like that one, and I don't totally understand your uh, your hatred of Fred Armisen, uh, but I'm willing to accept it. He so. just creeps
1: me out, man. Like it's really not that complicated. I he just I find his presence unsettling. And then that, you know, there's also the whole thing where like I don't understand why. Uh, you know, everybody's so excited about like hundred and five percent of Chris Catan. It just doesn't. I like. I just don't. I don't think he's that funny, and he creeps me out. So, you know. Sweet. I uh, I enjoy baiting you in insults about um, about him. I well, think so. anyone who listens to this program has realized by now that I am more than comfortable, unabashedly, just hating on Fred Armisen. For for what amounts to very little, if not no reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, you've got uh, you've got stock. (laughs) You've got a lot of land on hating hating any Fred Armisen Island.
1: In the (laughs) parlance of Love Island, he gives me the (laughs) ick.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, All right. So the other one that uh, that I'm guessing.
1: I'm gonna, i am going to I have
0: a feeling I know where you're gonna land on Beavis and Butthead DV Universe, but uh, I would love to hear you say it.
1: Yeah, it sucked. Why why did we watch this? <laughs> Mike you got me you got me to watch this essentially by saying, oh, Mike Judge, right? And I was like, Yeah, actually I guess I do like Mike Judge. But then I w- was watching it and I remembered I, I don't like this Mike Judge. It's a it's an it's a 90 minute fart joke. I I have better things to do with my time. And I love a good fart joke. But like what was the point of this? Why did they do this? What is this?
0: Yeah, look, I, I mean I think that they were going for satire that revels in dumb um and there was there's just a little too much dumb at the end of the day. It's so uh, dumb for your, for your case. taste. But I I, I had to laugh. Uh,
1: there are definitely some things that made me laugh Yeah I, I, I mean yeah Maybe there were a few laughs but it's a 90 minute film With just very little to say and So satire Like to call this satire Is a horrible insult to actual Satirists <laughs> Um Cause it's not like satire is supposed to be biting and and critical, and this is this is just not. It's just fart fart jokes and fart jokes and dick jokes and fart jokes.
0: Well, no, it's not. I mean, it's not just that. There's some jokes about you know politics and, and government
1: and some very broad and surface things level. Things like that. Nothing. Things, nothing of
0: those nature.
1: Yeah, but nothing that cuts or or has a point really. Just like, yeah. boy, these politicians are jackasses, huh? You know, it's not. <laughs> And look, I'm here for calling politicians jackasses. Don't get me wrong. It's just I would like it done better. I, I truly don't understand the point of making this movie right now. And, I, I, like, Mike Judge made idiocracy, you know? Like, he can have something to say and also be stupid and also be funny. And this didn't. Yeah, I think one of the things that hit me, maybe this is a gentler criticism,
0: than uh, yours <laughs> was the, the <laughs> thing that was always best to me about Beavis and Butthead uh, was watching them watch videos. Yeah, you know what I mean? And yes. kind of turning their and you don't really get any of that, um, you know, in these movies, right? You're just getting the the kind of the between video skits that they used to do, right? So right. Um, but even
1: know. if it's not videos, even if it was just them providing like a stupid but strangely insightful commentary on something. But that doesn't happen in this movie. It's just them simulating sex with a spaceship and then failing to simulate sex with a spaceship and then, like, some farts. I just... Uh... I actually... I like to simulate sex with a spaceship. Okay, but how many times did you like it? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, no. I get that. And, I, you know, I... Um... I also enjoy the moments where it's usually Beavis, but sometimes it's butthead where they sort of slip into uh, like a higher level of emotional intelligence. Like they sort of get smart all of a sudden. Like when, when Beavis is, um, you know, uh, pouring his heart out to Siri. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Really deep emotional time. I think the- like those, those moments got it. They still make me laugh.
1: The Siri stuff was probably my favorite uh, stuff in the movie because that at least is a funny notion and and maybe the most satirical thing in the film uh, is a man having a relationship with not just a an artificial intelligence but a really stupid artificial intelligence <laughs> like Siri that doesn't actually say anything you know um, I, that there were some funny yeah, moments with that
0: beating Alabama seventeen to 10.
1: yeah that was funny um, but But just generally way too little of those sorts of things and way too. And again, I like fart and dick and poop jokes as much as the next guy like that. I just don't think this was done very well or 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 even like they tried very hard to do much with it. Yeah, that that
0: that maybe is the fairest criticism. It doesn't
1: doesn't feel like they
0: tried very hard.
1: Yeah. And I just don't understand why after 20 years you you feel the need to make this if you're not interested in trying harder.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a pretty big check attached. That's
1: <laughs> well, sure. I guess that's, that's right. That's probably yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a factor. I'm guessing.
0: I, as I mentioned earlier, Paramount plus these contests. Yeah, they do. Um, Apparently, they need it worse than I knew. <laughs> Let's talk about rides. Um, you know, there was a lot of and deservedly so, and uh, you know, I think it's a thing we all feel of like, how can you root against Clay Thompson? But I don't know, man. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo may have the "how can you root really against this guy" crowd, Um when you watch the story. Like I, I was just awash by like what a, a good, like kind-hearted person he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how incredible the story is. Um, it, it's heartwarming um, all the way through. Did you I realize? It's a little weird that they that it sort of ends as he's getting to the NBA. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there was maybe maybe like the rest of that part would have been pretty interesting to get in there too.
1: You know, I would have loved to have it end with the te- with the title. Um, I have that same criticism. Like I would have loved to see his at least his first few or end with an MVP. You know, um, just because I mean their their first year of Milwaukee had to be insane yeah had and really interesting and beyond that like his development i mean look it's easy to look back and go man the bucks got a steal with the 15th pick but like that wasn't apparent for a year or two right like it his development was exponential but it still started slow um, so he I also grew like, did he grow like six inches
0: or something? Like that, well, I think it was drafted? more like two
1: or three, but yeah, I would have loved to see something about that. Um, that being said, the story is just, I mean, I didn't even, I, I don't know if I just didn't remember or if I never knew. Did you realize he was undocumented when he was drafted? That part of it I did not know,
0: and you know, it plays a pretty large role uh, in the story throughout. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and this is also just one of these stories that it only works as a movie because we know it's true. Because there's, like, there's there's barely a bad guy at all. But sort of all the characters that in a normal narrative film that was invented out of whole cloth, all the characters that would have messed up or screwed somebody over turn out to just, like, have been doing a nice thing. Like... The agent that discovers him In the middle of nowhere Turns out to be a totally cool guy That really (laughs) helps his family And gets him into the NBA You know, like his brother Yes, yes And his brother gets hurt And like doesn't get bitter And just helps Giannis succeed And like the dad There's all these moments where there could have been Like a nasty turn But he just is like a hard-working, wonderful man And the the mom, like it's just it, it, in a world of dog shit it's, it's nice to watch A true story where pretty much Everybody is wonderful Yeah <laughs> And I don't know if this is a Great movie, right? But like It's an incredible story I think the the actors are convincing And... It makes you feel good. It makes you feel good that that this happened in the actual world, that something like this could actually happen. As many travesties as are involved in this story, the fact that, you know, Giannis came out very, very much on top and that his family now is doing great and reunited, like, it's a beautiful thing, and it makes you feel good. And and I just also want to say, the the kid playing Giannis... you know, look, I don't know how much the, the two leads, the uh, Giannis and Thanassis actually look like them, but the kid playing Giannis, yeah, did, <laughs> he did really capture something about the essence of Giannis, though. Did you feel that? Like, I really felt like, even though he doesn't look quite like him, there was something about the way he moved and carried himself and responded to things that felt very true to the Giannis I feel like I know. I
0: would say he captures something physically about him, which I think is really hard to do. Yeah, um, a little less emotionally. Like there is just a, a a joy and a magnetism about Giannis that I that I, I don't know totally came across. Well, but you know, I also
1: like, wonder, like, how much of that developed after this movie ends? You know?
0: Yeah, that might be true. That might be true. Uh, I have a, a friend whose husband is a Bucs uh, beat writer, mm-hmm. um, and man, he just has, he has some incredible honest stories.
1: Well, yeah, and, and like, you know, <laughs> we do, as citizens of the modern world, get to see these NBA stars move through it a bit, and although image is certainly curated, like, there are enough, you know, seemingly candid, sincere moments with Giannis over the course of his career that... it you'd be hard-pressed to convince me that it's a total put-on, you know?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And, and, uh, you know, like, even within the bubble, right, because the Bucks were really at the center of, um, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that was happening in social... Yeah, stopping play around social justice, and Giannis had a big leadership role with the Bucks in sort of holding that team together and deciding what to do, and, uh, you know, all, all this is all stuff that took place after the movie, which is another reason why... Would it be cool?
1: <laughs> Some of hey, man, ideas. maybe a sequel.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe you, you get the, the uh, uh, Jason Kidd trying to turn him into a point guard would have been interesting. <laughs> lots and lots of stuff. I I there, there's this. your so, antagonist.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, but uh, Rise is a good time. I'd recommend it to anybody, and like. I hope Giannis wins ten titles before he's done. You know. Yeah, he's right. he's
1: a very lovable character, man, and and this this is a good one to sit down with the whole family.
0: Yeah, and it's you know it's the other one of those things too. It's like you know it, any of the other Antetokounmpo's uh, in a basketball sense, pretty much just get called Giannis's brother. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know their story is also amazing in their own right. You know what I mean? And, and so I hope it does sort of bring some shine. Thanasis especially as, as an Individual you know what
1: I mean Well and, and the The Thanasis that we get To know in the movie Very much tracks with the Thanasis I know as an enthusiastic Towel waver on the Bucks bench right <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. And, and by the way If Giannis did not exist And this entire story Like culminated In Thanasis You know Collecting a an NBA minimum check for five years, it would still be an unbelievable story. Yeah, hundred percent,
0: hundred percent. Also, I was unaware that there's a fourth brother play. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he makes the lead at some point. So. Um. So yeah, rise, rises, rises the goods for sure. Um, um. All right. Did I leave something out? You did. Again. What did I leave out?
1: Um
0: Oh, Only Murders in the
1: Building. Yeah. I was gonna get there. <laughs> <Their>
0: second season. <laughs> yep. Um here's what I'll say. I'm enjoying the second season of Only Murders in the Building so far. Uh, I think they're kind of having fun, a little even maybe a little bit more fun with sort of like loony podcast culture. Um And the looniness of the uh, various residents of uh, that fantastic apartment building. Yes. I I do wonder, I feel like, man, like a third season of the show, it's going to be tough. The third and fourth season of the show, you know what I mean? Like, are are they just, are they going to keep being murders in the building? It's crazy (laughs) stuff. Like, it, it doesn't seem all that sustainable. I'm still having fun, but I have some questions. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm in the same spot. Um, they're definitely, they're doing an interesting thing here in that, you know, because of the, the the difference really between season one and season two is that because of the, uh, notoriety of the previous season of podcast, like the whole world is kind of, uh, so to speak, the whole podcast world is watching them now. Um, and that does make it. A little more interesting or like different in some ways i guess uh but it's also in some ways uh, it's a little bit of a you know formulaic in like a sitcom-y way in that we know very well who martin short's character and who steve martin's character and who selena gomez's character are and how we expect them to behave and they're they're falling right into their sort of expected patterns right you know um, yeah Martin Short's doing his weird over-talking, no- nosy thing, and Steve Martin is like the, you know, demure sort of uh, weirdo that everything's happening to, and then uh, Selena's uh, forging her own uh, strange path. It's it, so yeah. I know what you're saying, but I, I, it's still so much fun to me. I, I really is. think it's a it's a dynamic trio to have a show spin around and. The new mystery they've created is compelling enough that it, it uh, I am not yet bothered. And I think you're saying the same thing. I'm not yet bothered by the sort of let's do it again aspect of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I see problems around the bed. But for, for right now, I'm quite happy. And if we get more scenes of them getting interrogated by the police, <laughs> I'm, just hilarious. I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> Uh, Selena Gomez like just ripping up Michael Rappaport it was fantastic That was (laughs) excellent Yeah, And that's the other nice bonus of this Is that I do think season one
1: Took off enough in a way that It seems like people really want to be in this show You know what I mean
0: Yep. He was really funny
1: and she was Great in that scene I also I I don't uh, forgive me For not knowing the woman's name but the woman From uh, Orange is the New Black Who plays the other cop um she's just
0: is she, what was she on Oranges in the New Black? A,
1: an inmate? Because
0: I think of her as the woman from High Fidelity. That's, how, that's kinda that's kind of where I I think it her from. But you're right, she probably was on Oranges in the New Black and I'm just lagging on
1: it. I'm gonna look up her name right now. <laughs> um Oh also, by the way, Cara Delavine uh showing up uh, is a is a, a fun surprise.
0: Yes, yeah. I mean, the second she popped up, you're like, oh, they're hooking up,
1: right? Well, that, but also, like, you kind of know exactly the type of uh, crazy artist person she's going to be, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I enjoy I enjoy seeing her on the screen, though.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I, Did you get it? I didn't. Devine, uh, Divine. Jo- Devine, Divine, Divine Joy Randolph. Is her name, and uh, are we just gonna have to go back and edit this because it turns out that she wasn't yeah, in that, and I'm just a racist?
0: <laughs> well, no, you know we don't have to edit it because I'm right, so I, I definitely think we should leave it in. just we can just edit some of the lookup time now.
1: <laughs> well, no, let's let's be serious. I'm not I'm not gonna. Edit any of this, but uh, yeah, no, I guess she wasn't an orange and this is the new black. Who am I confusing her with? Well, whatever,
0: it's great question. Uh, we can solve it another day. Uh, before we get, uh, get out of here, uh, any thoughts on the NBA being turned,
1: up, turned upside down today? <sighs> um, not, not any important ones, I don't think. I, you're just talking about Kevin Durant, I assume. Yeah, I mean mostly.
0: Uh, it's so, I mean, it sounds like the Nets are going to blow it all up, though, right? So it's you know you're going to have these sort of two stars out there in the wind, and, and teams with sort seemingly little functional ability to pay for them. So it is going to be interesting to see kind of how this winds up because it's it's not an easy match for either Durant's preferred destinations, and I don't think the Nets. The Nets don't have any reason to just send him to the places he's asking to go, right? The Nets so. don't have
1: any reason to do any favors for either of those guys. So, yeah. my – I I think the odds are as good as not that they're both on the Nets on opening night. I know that might seem really? ridiculous today. But why would the Nets be motivated to, to trade either of those guys – For like pennies on the dollar, when they're both under contract, like Kyrie picked up his option. If he wanted out that bad, he should have turned down the money. Yeah. So I I just uh,
0: yeah, Kyrie, I I agree. Durant, I I think probably moves because I do think that they can get stuff for them, and they have you know their entire draft, their entire draft future is gone, right? Um, yeah our, So they I mean, can look, get that back You know what I mean How Like trading Kevin Durant
1: for a bunch of picks A bunch of picks that When Kevin Durant's on that team are going to be how good
0: Well But you're also getting players back too You know what I mean And I guess And like, and like you know mid, mid first round picks are better than Zero first round picks Aren't they They have no
1: first round picks I'd rather have Kevin Durant Yeah You'd you'd rather have Kevin Durant if Kevin Durant is willing to be there Well What's he going to do? Not show up?
0: (laughs) We've seen it before They've got a guy who can coach him on how to do it Um,
1: I guess I I don't like That's not the Kevin Durant I'm familiar with Yeah Um, uh, but If you had told me Kyrie's going to not show up uh, Fair enough but if you told me Kevin Durant was going to not show up, I'd be shocked. So I would be a little surprised too. I, I don't. I... Here's the thing, man. Like you don't. Have, they have no leverage. Neither Kyrie nor Kevin Durant has any leverage right now. And I mean, start talking about packages, and I think you quickly find that most of them are either things that the team would not do, even for Kevin Durant, at 33 in year 16, coming off an Achilles effectively. And or they are things that the Nets would have no incentive to do.
0: I just if think I'm it's really Nets, it's really hard. I'm
1: calling I'm calling New Orleans first
0: and then probably Oklahoma City second.
1: All right. So what's the deal with either of them I mean I Well the deal is
0: right, you get you, you start with Brandon Ingram, who makes uh I think ten mil a year or so less than um Durant or if you're really bold, you go after Zion. You take you take that shot, right? Uh, I, Zion currently makes a lot less money than Durant, but
1: um, I I think if uh, from if I'm the Nets, it would probably have to be both. Oh
0: no, I don't know. I think I think you take one of those guys. Uh, you throw in a Herb Jones and and some player who makes enough money to make the money work. And then, and then you start right. They have a whole cache of picks where you could get a a nice stash of picks from New Orleans, right, to to go on top of that. Yeah, I think I think that's you got to deal. Well, but you you don't have Oklahoma City. It's it's almost it's almost all picks, or you know, you're taking SGA back, SGA, and then picks, right? And I think those things. I think either Brooklyn would be happy to do either of those things. I
1: I suspect maybe I I, like if I. If I'm OKC, what do I want Kevin Durant for?
0: Well, yeah, it does change your timeline a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, but literally, what it's are okay. you going to do? What are you going
0: to win with That's Kevin true.
1: Durant and Alexey Pokashevsky? Like, I don't... Well, there's the run guy.
0: You know what I mean? I think they would be a really interesting front line out there. But they've got... Um,
1: they're The only two players besides SGA on that team that matter are Josh Giddey and Chet Holmgren, who are 18 and 19. Nineteen and, and twenty but, maybe.
0: Lou Dort L- 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 can play a little bit. I think you got some good. You know, yeah, Lou Dort's fine, but
1: like that's not a so, that's not a contender. You know that's not a contender. Yeah. No, you're right. The New Orleans
0: deal makes more sense. You and know, obviously he, the other the other thing that, you know, Durant wants Phoenix. Um and you could do a side and trade with Aiden and throw in a Mikael Bridges and some picks and you might be there. Um
1: and then your team is uh, that's the one where maybe they're a contender. But the New Orleans, I mean, if if first of all, there's no way I'm doing it for Zion and picks because then I might, it might be nothing in picks. We we have no idea if that guy's going to have an. NBA be nothing career. in
0: picks, but you might have a top five player in picks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so. the,
1: there's too much uncertainty for for me to not get Ingram out of that deal. So if I take Ingram and I put so so it's Kevin Durant, C.J. McCollum, and and if Zion is Healthy and a top twenty player right away, then maybe maybe they're a fringe contender. But I don't know. I just don't honestly like. I don't see the Phoenix thing happening, and and I don't really see another option. Uh, could they get him to Miami somehow? I, I I don't know. I I don't see a lot of situations, if any. Where you would put Kevin Durant on the team And with whatever you had to give up to get him That team is a real championship contender I just don't see it um, Ironically, the best For me, the, the best way for Kevin Durant to contend Is to play with Kyrie Irving and fucking Brooklyn <laughs> yeah. And certainly the best way for the Nets to contend Is to have those two guys on the floor Rather than whatever, they, the, whatever poo-poo platter they get in a trade so Nothing has actually happened yet except For Kyrie picking up the option that Continues to make him a Brooklyn net And that's why I suspect this is all gonna Go away
0: I don't know I look. I suspect um, and I, You know I say this to someone who really likes Kevin Durant I heard a Kevin Durant jersey Not trying to shit on Kevin Durant But I suspect uh, The reason that Brooklyn Is willing has been pretty Willing to facilitate all of these Trade talks is that I don't think they they have been real Pleased with the culture with those two around uh, You know and they've given Up a lot you know they burned through a coach That they liked. they redid the Roster they did all stuff to make these guys happy And they're still asking Out and I think that they're ready to let Them go you know what I mean so uh, You know it's, it's for them I think it's how do you have a future post all of that
1: Maybe I'll say this um, I think It's pretty clear at this point, and this is the most confounding thing about Kevin Durant, is that he doesn't want to set a culture. He doesn't want to be a culture driver. He doesn't want to be an emotional leader. As he has said many times, and maybe we should have listened to him closer, he just wants to hoop. And I think maybe he imagined Kyrie would be that culture setter, but you certainly can't do that when you're there half the time. And I would argue even when he's there all the time, he's not very good at that. And so what you have are two guys that sort of chomped at the bit being members of somebody else's team but also have no desire to do the things necessary to to set the culture and lead their own team. Yeah. And and that's obviously that's problematic. You know, and I think it speaks to the fact that being Like, being an NBA superstar, full stop, is just mostly about how good at basketball you are. And there's no doubt that Kevin Durant is about as good at basketball as anyone who's ever played the game. Being the sort of superstar who can drive a championship team and franchise and culture is about a little more than that. And I don't even know if I would criticize Kevin Durant's ability to be that so much as point out that he seems to have no desire to be that. Yeah, well look you can make the case that he was
0: well no you can't really make the case but you can you can, yeah I mean, he was clearly the best player on a title winning team and it didn't seem them. to bring him a lot of a lot of joy right so wow. uh, so i don't know you know i don't know uh, well
1: um, i do think the the whole idea of kevin durant's joy and, and the way we all try to measure it is a little goofy because I don't know. I'd like, this is one of those situations we got to remember, even though it feels like we see everything we, we see like 5% of his life. Um, so I, I, I suspect that winning titles did bring him plenty of joy in his own moments. He doesn't, Kevin Durant doesn't seem to like being a public person. And, I feel like he's constantly at odds with the fact that to be what he wants to be, which is the best basketball player on earth, he has to be a public person. And he just, through through 16 years of playing in the NBA, he has not reconciled that.
0: Yeah, it, it is. Like, it's weird, right? Because in some ways, I feel like he really embraces it. You know, I mean, dude's, you know, in the comments, trolling people, <laughs> you know? And in, in other ways,
1: yeah, it feels like he just wants to be left alone and, but don't you think um, even the way he's in the comments... He's tough guy to read. Yeah, I think even the way he's in the comments trolling people is... The, it's like the way I talk to people on Twitter. Like, he, as someone as famous as Kevin Durant, he should... The general consensus, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but the general consensus is he should be above that shit, right? And I don't think he likes that people think he should be above that. Like, I think he's like, I'm just a guy. Uh, why can't I yeah. clap back at the haters like, like you know, Matt Kolsky does?
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: never thought that, by the
0: way. But, yeah, I, do, but I, I agree that it's a prevailing sentiment.
1: Yeah. I Like, I'm with, you know, I, I think you and I are both more forgiving to Kevin Durant than most. Um, and I don't, like, like, look, he's free to go about this however he wants. That's been my bigger point all along is, like, I don't have any issues with the way he handled himself leaving Golden State. I, I think this situation is a little dicier, but I, I I am, more than anything, I am intrigued by the mystery of who he is as a person and by the seeming sort of contradictions within who he is.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's just intriguing from the sense of you have this, like, it's like, uh am trying to think of, like, You know, it's like when you're playing a video game and there's like the magic mushroom on the screen, you know, that has somebody's going to grab that mushroom and and the game is really going to change all of a sudden. And he's sort of like that now in the NBA, right? Like he's this sort of thing like bopping along out there and and we'll see who grabs it. But if it's anybody other than the Brooklyn Nets, right, that's going to uh, most likely, you know, unless he winds up in um, Charlotte or something uh gonna you know really
1: affect the outcome of who we think is gonna win the league next year so um, i don't know about that man because again i i just don't unless he goes to phoenix i just don't see it i just don't see it i mean you're saying
0: but that's that's presuming that he can't he doesn't he can't be on a contender right like phoenix you think phoenix would impact that because if it's anybody who's in within shouting distance right they're a contender all of a sudden so, were the Nets a contender this year? No, no, they were not. So then, but I don't think they. I don't think that the Nets roster, as composed as it was last year, was within shouting distance. That's what I'm saying. Is like if you add him to any of the top four finishers in either conference next season, right? They're instantly they're going from you know number four to a favorite,
1: right? All right. Well, let's actually talk about that. Is he get? Uh, I, like I said, maybe the Heat can figure it out, but I don't know what they would trade. I it would be like centered around Tyler Hero. I think the Nets would have to be crazy to take that. The Celtics would have no interest. They're not going to trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. The Bucks would have. Why? I mean,
0: why, why wouldn't you trade? Dude? Like you probably wouldn't trade Tatum, but I trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. But I love Jalen Brown, and I get that he's a lot younger, but like. Kevin, Kevin
1: Durant changes your title for season. Like, you have to do that if that's offered, right? Uh, you no. Be straight No. Like, you sure don't. You do it, right? You sure don't. He costs mm. a lot more money. Well, I disagree. He is eight years older. Eight years. Eight years He's older. Kevin Durant. What does that mean You're now? Gonna we gonna don't dribble. necessarily know. <laughs> he was a, he was a top five player in the league last season. When healthy, the league, people think of Kevin Durant as,
0: if not the best player in the league, the second best player in the league after Giannis. So, he is
1: undeniably right now a top five player in the league. He is also thirty three years old, seven yeah. feet tall, and already blew out one of his Achilles. And he only played fifty five. And he only played fifty five games this year after thirty five last year.
0: I, I think the only part of that that matters is the first set, the first part of that sentence. Like, you just, there just aren't that many of those guys. Probably
1: I guess. The blind, I guess, but you know what I mean. Uh, but the Boston Get Celtics, of, the Boston right, Celtics he's lost.
0: He's never going to be a top five player. Right?
1: That's true. It's fair, right? But you're not going to be able to trade him straight up for Kevin Durant. It would. It would end up no, being like Brown, Smart, Horford, Norford. and 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 picks. I got all that. Brown makes, Brown makes a decent
0: amount of money, so it's not like you have to do that much to get
1: the, to get the money, even. No, but if I'm the Nets, I'm I'm. Uh, first of all, Jalen Brown makes like 26 million a year, and Durant's like 40 or something. So it's a pretty big difference. Um, yeah. well, remember,
0: it doesn't have to be exact. It's like 1.25 or something in the multiple. So yeah, yeah. But, so you got to throw in another 10, 12 million dollar player, which is something seven to you.
1: Kevin, and then Dur- it's the picks. Kevin Durant makes almost twice as much money per year as Jalen Brown. So it's a you have to get a decent amount of other contracts in there. I don't think the Celtics would do it. The Bucs, I don't see how they would do it. They don't have the capital. The 76ers don't have the capital. So of the top four teams in the East, maybe the Heat, and I guess the Celtics if they really wanted to get weird, in the West – the Grizzlies aren't going to trade there. Like, they don't have pieces for that that they want to give up. The Warriors, obviously, are not going to do it. And the Mavericks have nothing to send. So it's only the Suns. So this mm. is kind of what I'm saying. I mean, of all those I top mean, teams. I, I'm the
0: Grizz, I'm absolutely giving up Triple J and Bane to get Kevin Durant. You that's not I mean? doing it. You'd uh, absolutely. Have that's not doing it. They have picks, too. I Like, look. Half the league has inquired about
1: Durant already,
0: so clearly there's interest from everybody. Of course, even there's though interest. people understand
1: the understand the cost, you know what I mean. Well, of course there's interest, but there. But this is what I'm saying. Like the only if I am the Nets and the Grizzlies call, unless John ja Morant's in the offer, I'm hanging up. And John ja Morant's not in the offer, so this is what I'm saying. If I if the Suns call me it better be cuz devin booker's on the trade market otherwise why would i do that i'll take my chances at convincing the guy to play basketball in the place he'd literally just signed a supermax contract i, I just I, I don't see the incentive to make it like we're both i don't see it, deals where both sides would have a lot of incentive to make it work the pelicans and suns yeah, are the look. most interesting but the pelicans the Pelicans finished the season 10 games under 500. Okay. That's not they a did, good team.
0: But, uh, well, they did. but I didn't play. And clearly they finished on a heater, right? Like they, they were pretty close to beating the Suns. So, um, but you know, but, I think they're feeling pretty good in New, in New Orleans right now.
1: Yeah, and they should feel pretty good as a team that's trying to get better than 10th in the West because they're a young team that's improving. But I would not feel very good if I suddenly traded all my future for Kevin Durant and felt like if I didn't win in the next three years, it was a failure.
0: But you know what? Right? The, some, the Pelicans don't have to trade
1: all their future. They could trade a nice chunk of their future and have Kevin Durant!
0: Maybe. With, with another All-Star. I, like, I, I don't know. I think. I, I, I do see some potential there. I look. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong because I do think there's a possibility. They just can't figure out a deal. It does seem complicated. Uh, and then he winds up back there. Like I think that's a realistic possibility. But um, I think there there may be some deals to be had. And you're going to see some teams get creative. I think you're going to see some teams that be willing to shift other guys around or bring in a third team to figure out how to make it work. You know what I mean? So. Um,
1: yeah. Look. You know, I mean, they, 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 anything's possible. The NBA is crazy, but when I look at this, the overwhelming likelihood, in my view, is that there is not a deal that's appealing to both sides. Yeah.
0: The uh, thing to me is that it might not even be the biggest sports story of the day. So, um, uh, you know, because I think the, the college football landscape is now on the path to two conferences that seems almost inevitable and yeah. there's going to be a lot of seismic shaking
1: uh
0: to get it there um over the next couple of years. Uh it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, I mean I'll, I'll be interested.
1: In that, I know you don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested in that when they cancel college sports altogether. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I wouldn't hold your breath uh, on that on that part of it.
1: No, I um, just it's like <laughs> it, it's it's fun. I I just I can't I was going to say I can't wait to hear, but the reality is I'm likely not going to hear and I couldn't be happier to not have to deal with the nonsense that diehard college people come up with to explain why college sports is still great when all the stuff that they said was great about it goes away.
2: It's gone.
1: <laughs> you know? <clears throat> so.
0: All right, fair enough. I'm not going to get it. We've we've had enough of the college sports argument on this podcast in our lifetime, and I'm just yeah, going to sidestep that completely uh, because it's time for us to go on vacation. Yeah, let's this? go
1: on vacation, man. And and really, the only homework is to stay on top of the challenge franchise.
0: Yeah, we're gonna we'll, we will talk about the All Stars finale. Uh, you know, it'll be a little warmed over by the time we get back, uh, and we will get uh, nicely into the Challenge USA and what that's all about. We may add a couple shows or something along the way, but uh, that'll be the main thing. And that's the thing you got to watch for this week uh, and next. And uh, we'll see you when we see you.
1: Which uh, I believe will be the 22nd of July. July 22nd or thereabouts.
0: Enjoy your summers,
1: everybody. Hey, have a great time in Spain, man. Yeah, thanks, man.
0: Appreciate that. You and enjoy, enjoy Chicago.
1: I, I told you, I, I expect... Uh, concert videos on, on a regular basis. So
0: <laughs> it's gonna be so many. <laughs> okay, bye. This game's in the
1: Admiral refrigerator, the door is closed, the lights out, butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling.
0: So long everybody And do me a favor, have yourself a tremendous evening.